Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Hi, welcome to another week of our podcast, Med Family. I'm your host, Eric Acker, and I'm hosting, of course, with my wife, Karen. Karen. Hi. Karen. <laughs> so uh, this is our kind of our fourth or fifth week in pediatrics. We're during the online, second week of online pediatric rotation, we obviously just to kind of keep you up to speed, we've wrapped up the in-person pediatrics and moved on to the online portion of it, which is a little bit of a bummer. It's not as much fun. Well, but hopefully next week you'll be back to shadowing the hospital portion. So actually, that that's uh, that's going to happen tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I looked on his schedule when he was going to get back in town, and it was going to be back in the, at least the clinic tomorrow. And I saw that he was going to be rotating in the hospital. So I put a reminder on my phone to message him today around four and ask him if it was okay to go ahead and take him up on his offer to follow him on morning rounds. And he finally got back to me maybe about, I don't know, half an hour ago and said, sure, that sounds great. So I will be in the rotation tomorrow doing morning rounds, only a couple hours, but that'll be kind of good, good get started the day. And then go to the school and then get the rest of the studying done that we need to do to get the shelf passed and hopefully with honors as if possible so yeah that's what we got at least going on for tomorrow is we're gonna i'm not actually sure how long i'm going to do because i should probably have an end date i don't want to be like i'm gonna shadow you and then like i drop off the face of the planet one day or like Show up two days. Well, your and not... shelf is next Wednesday, so correct. That's your end date. Yeah, I should probably go with that, and then maybe well, going forward, Tuesday if would I'm, be your end date. maybe going forward, if I'm like, yeah, hey, I kind of have some extra time, might as well do something. Maybe I'll I'll do something like that, but maybe I'll go back and see if I can shadow for a few more days. But I guess we're gonna try to go with week and a half, a week, really about a week, because shelf is next Wednesday. Yeah. So update on the kind of the progress we we talked about last week where we did the we were cold emailing programs just to see if we can get maybe some shadowing opportunities while we were on Christmas break shadowing opportunities or be able to talk to a resident about the programs yeah to just get a better perspective on you know these programs and because you can learn a little bit from the website but like you don't learn a lot and as we were kind of talking about last week there's a lot of differences from one program to the next and we just want to make sure we get we put in the applications to the right places and we try to really push for getting accepted into the places that we think we're going to be a good fit for us and so at least as far as update on that i've gotten two responses <laughs> not really positive per se like i think one of them just said that they don't they're not doing it because of the covid restrictions and then the other one they just weren't doing it at least not the way I was trying to go about it. And so I, I was still having a little bit of back and forth with them just to try to figure out if it's possible to maybe just even talk to a resident. But we'll, we'll see. So it's a little discouraging. <laughs> yeah, well, I th- it, it's been interesting to just look at the programs and the ones that have a higher percentage of IMG students that we would have a higher percentage chance of 
getting a residency do not actually do externships for IMG students, which has been interesting because... At least the few that we've looked at. Yeah, the few that we've looked at. Because, I mean, predominantly we are thinking we are going to go to Texas for Christmas. And so, and we have family in Florida. And so we're like, well, let's look at the Florida and Texas. And like, those are on, on our way-ish. They're not out of, well, they are out of the way, but not out of the way. They're not flying somewhere. They're still within driving distance. So, yeah. Um, pretty relative. And we could... We didn't. We wouldn't have to like get a hotel or something. Well, maybe for the Florida ones, we would have to get a hotel. But well, at least for the Texas ones, the ones we were looking at, it would be an easy drive to get there from my parents' place. So we could save some money in the process of learning something. So it hasn't really worked out so far. We have a few more emails that are out there. We're just kind of hoping and waiting, waiting on uh, responses from. So it's still kind of up near. But it did kind of get me thinking, at least the two negative responses. I could either be really discouraged with this process and just kind of throw my hands up and give up, which, you know, that's, it's, I think, reasonable for some people to do. Just be like, well, it's, it's not going to work out. I'm just not going to shadow this Christmas. And that could very well be the case. But I am trying to find a silver lining here and say that I'm glad I'm finding out about this now because it seems like it's difficult to get rotations and some of the information I'm getting as I'm looking at some of these uh, programs is that they don't even allow externships or elective rotations as Karen was kind of mentioning so knowing that now <laughs> knowing that I'm going to be limited on certain programs I, I am now able to maybe focus a little bit more energy on trying to find programs that I actually do have a shot at getting an extern uh, or an elective rotation at or way elective in a way, rotation at. And I, I'm kind of thankful that I've started this process now and that Karen's been pushing me to start this process is that now I'm not going to figure it out, you know, just before step two or, you know, because at some point we're going to have to let the school know, are we going to try to set up some of our electives or are we going to let the school kind of set us up with a bunch of electives? And I kind of feel like if I was just going to wait and try to shotgun this and try to get through a whole bunch of programs, I would be probably very unsuccessful at getting what I want and getting programs that I could have a shot at or even ones that would fit with my schedule. Yeah, because like ultimately we, we were, we're doing this research now because we're like, well, ultimately we would like at least the first two externships to be programs that we might be interested in doing residency at because you're submitting... I think you have about two, maybe two, maybe the t first three that you can get in before you drop your you drop your applications. And so then you're fresh in their mind. They know you to some extent. Um, they might be looking for you if you drop it that, yeah, I'm applying in September. Uh, those types of things. And so... Yeah, they might even pull your application out even if you're, maybe you don't meet the criteria from one perspective or another, they might just still pull your application out and say, we'll give it a look and we'll give you an interview. Yeah, so like that was our goal, but it's been interesting because we have been looking at Texas and Florida because we have family there and we know that residencies are, I mean, we, we've done just fine for three years without being near family, but it would be nice to be near family and for me to have the option to be like, it's too much today. Can we go over to grandma's to play? And I can have two hours to myself 
or to have an extra hand to, or extra people to have around. that ability if I were to get sick to just be like hey I need some help with the kids or whatnot because I mean residency is hard it's a full-time job more than a full-time job you get done but you're still studying you're still you still have work to do you always <laughs> you're always gonna be working it right. sounds like so from like my perspective that would be nice and it may not happen and that's fine but it it has been interesting just like with these emails and whatnot, realizing that, well, you can't kind of even try it out as an externship for these programs. And so you don't really get a good feel of the program until you get an interview, if you get an interview. And so... Yeah, this is maybe going to sound like a complaint, and I hope that's not exactly what it sounds like, but it is interesting what I've noticed is I on these emails, I'm making it very clear I'm not asking for... Uh, in a way elective. I'm not asking for four weeks of their time. I'm not asking them to fill out paperwork with the school. I'm just asking for a shadowing opportunity. And this is like something that a lot of med students do. Not not even med students, pre-med. Yeah. Pre-med students do this all the time. They, they find a doctor, they ask him, can I shadow you for a few days? They might sign a few papers and they do it. And so it is interesting as a third year medical student, I'm asking these programs to do something that a med a pre-med student in undergrad could do and i'm getting a kind of a hard, I mean, i'm getting a hard time getting through and i'm getting i'm having a hard time getting them to say yes and so it's interesting that you know you make it to you know medical year three and you're asking to do something that's well beneath your capabilities like just observing and what you actually are kind of doing part of your rotations anyway and you're getting a lot of like no's you're getting a lot of people saying no because well we have people like you guys you m3s that do electives and we don't want you to do an elective here and it's like well i'm not asking to do an elective i'm just asking the shadow i'm asking to be a fly on the wall spy on your program to see if it's something that i want to be a part of so it's it's (laughs) interesting i I don't understand why i mean and then my sample size is really just two programs so far that have gotten back to me so Maybe this is not true for all programs. Maybe it's just true for these two. Anyway, but it is kind of getting me to relook at my process. And, you know, there's obviously some flaws in my, my process here where I'm just emailing the program coordinators and just asking them questions or asking them uh, to see if they can help me out with what I want to do. And that might not be the best op- best approach because they might get a lot of emails, especially right now. It's match season, so they're they're talking to applicants. They're doing they're doing the application cycle. They're doing interviews. They're you know they're doing a lot. They they have a lot on their hands. And having a medical student in year three asking them, "Hey, can I just come by and see what your operation looks like?" is maybe not what they're looking for. So I'm trying to kind of retool this process because I'm so kind of wanting to do something if i can't do it during my christmas break then so be it but at least maybe be able to talk karen said talk to a few residents get a better idea of some of these programs and at the very least lay the foundation or understand how to get in a way elected at these locations so i'm I'm retooling my process and i have kind of a two to three different uh, strategies in mind so my first one is I, I i realized that i probably should use more connections at least the ones I have. I don't have a lot of connections. I don't have family in medicine. I don't have friends in medicine. I mean, I have people I worked for that are in medicine, but uh, in either case, 
I gotta. I mean, I'm trying to use the connections I have, and the connections I have are essentially people from my school who have made it into residency programs. So I'm, I'm going back over the newsletters that the school would send out every year around April time with who, not who, but like in the match cycle, wh where where do we match? Like, which specialties did we match in, and where? Because usually they would publish a newsletter that says, hey, they. They got uh, someone that went to Navicent in internal medicine or a Coliseum in general surgery. And I'm just throwing random things out there. I don't. So going from that information, I can pro and most of the programs allow you to see who the residents are. So I know this is going to be maybe stalkerish and maybe a little creepy, but <laughs> basically going to look at the last five years and then try to find the Trinity grads that went to those programs and talk to them just to see what their get their perspective of the program because they they've either gone through it you know five years back they probably have already graduated or, or finished up their their internal med rotations or they're just finishing up the general surgery or they're in the middle of it so hopefully you get an idea of what they like about these programs what they dislike and then from there you can maybe go okay well if they have a pretty good rapport with their program then maybe they're they can help me get a shadowing opportunity. Maybe they can help me get an elective. So I guess that's one <laughs> that's one process I'm going to try to pursue. It's, I can make it easier on you. They they post the pictures with where they match on their Instagram. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't, since I don't use Instagram, this is not a particularly helpful. So that actually might be helpful at figuring out the, pay, the person. Because I've so far been able to figure out program and subspecialty. And I've narrowed, you know, narrowed it down to my, my two options right now, general surgery and internal med. And so I was going to go through their residency pages and see if I can find who these residents were. And then from there, try to find them either on social media or something. So I might use Karen a little bit here to help me figure out how to con contact some of these uh, Trinity grads. The other option I was looking into is that there was a a program that someone had mentioned to me called Clinical Nexus, and that's something that we use, uh, some Trinity students have used to get away electives, and I think I'm not having done a lot of work on it yet. I don't know if that's like particularly where IMGs can get their elective rotations, but it seems like at least our school, some students have used it, and it's a good probability that places that allow you to do elective rotations for IMGs will allow me to shadow. So there's a good possibility that that might be uh, you know, looking at programs that are on that site and trying to contact them as well to try to figure out if I can do a, uh, do a shadow um, for one or two days or talk to some students. That might not be a bad idea. My, my third option is a little bit more related to the first one, and that's more person to person. So like looking at people who are currently in the match cycle now see where they have done their electives and see if I can just kind of follow their footsteps. So there's one guy who I know has like, has done like two, three away electives, like some in Florida, some, I'm not sure he's, he's done them all over the place. But if I could just figure out where he went and his contacts and I can talk to him and he can talk, you know, on my behalf if necessary, then maybe I can get an away elective there too. And maybe I can get a shadow opportunity there too, or I can learn more about their program just through him. Uh, and then like, uh, there was one 
we had Seth on a few weeks ago, and he had done, uh, well, like a, month, a couple months ago, but since then he has done a rotation in uh, northern Georgia ER, and he really liked that program. He really was excited about it. He was really excited about the one in, in Idaho as well, which is what I think we talked about when he was on the show. But even if they don't have a program in that area that I would want to go to, like they, maybe they don't have, I don't, cause I don't want to do ER. Like <laughs> that's not what I want to do with my specialty. Um, no, but it's a good experience and you learn a lot. I mean, it's every, every patient is different. So you kind of get the spec from there. So it's, it's good to get your feet wet. Yeah. And it's a good opportunity to, to go do something, go away from the region that you're currently at and learn something that is probably going to be relevant to you, even if it's not what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. Like there, he, there, there's some students who would do like neurology or radiology elective rotations because they wanted to learn a little bit more about that. And that's perfectly reasonable and that makes sense. I don't know if I would do all my electives as internal medical general surgery. I think I would probably have a little mixed, especially towards the end when the electives really don't matter. I don't want to say they don't matter. Like you still learn, you're still going to get something out of them and they still go to your grade. So they still matter. But, like, you're not auditioning. <laughs> By that point, the schools have already done their interviews, and you've done your interviews. The schools are making their decisions, so it's really just to, to finish off your medical school education at that point. And so I'm thinking that's about what I would probably use these extra rotations for, uh, if I could get them. So that's, that's essentially the plan kind of going forward, those, those three options to try to network. And, I, and I'm not trying to just use alumni <laughs> to get ahead, and granted, that's kind of what I'm doing. Well, I think that's what everyone does. I mean, and then you're going to turn around and be used likewise. I mean, yeah. it's kind of the nature of the beast if you don't have a family member or relationships with doctors to help you along because a lot of medical students come from medical families and they have that assistance whereas we do not and I know some other students definitely do not and so it's kind of it's it's just the nature of the beast yeah it is kind of interesting because I did have that in the show notes too which I don't think Karen kept to look at really but it is something I've seen that's really common in medical school is having family members who are doctors and so they can kind of lean on those connections to some degree to not I don't want to say get ahead, but they can lean on those connections to to make make their medical school experience a little bit better. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like you can't obviously I'm not going to bemoan someone who, you know, who was born into a family that had, you know, doctors as as uncles and aunts. It's not a big deal. Like it's, you know, that's his life and that's what he was, you know, they, they've been born into. Um, I, I've obviously have a different upbringing and that's fine. And that just means I need to figure out how to make my way and how to make my, my path, you know, chart my course in this process. Maybe it's a little harder, maybe it's not, but that's something maybe worth considering if you're again, thinking about going into medical school, trying to make these connections. These are not bad ideas <laughs> to make some sort of connection with physicians, either family or from the, just in the community. Uh, and then even when you get into medical school, just be kind of looking at different physicians and connections because it all, I think generally by and large, most people want to help each other out. And that's what Karen was kind of saying is that 
once you make it through, you're kind of expected to turn around and help the people behind you. And so while it might seem like you're kind of trying to take advantage of somebody, you're you're really just doing what they did probably themselves, that they, they use the connections around them to try to figure out how to make their situation work for them. And so that's that's essentially where I'm at right now. I know I'm, I'm doing the pediatric <laughs> online stuff, so that means I'm just doing the iHuman. But this has obviously been taking up a lot of my uh, bandwidth to some extent. And that's I guess that's fine. I, I'm doing okay with my questions on pediatrics. I'm hopefully... We'll Passed put... the practice test, and so we're just working towards improving scores, right? Like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I'm doing like the iHuman. So I have basically all my iHuman cases done. I just need to go through the testing mode. And I'm trying to, like I said last <laughs> week, I'm just releasing them once, you know, three of them in a week and then waiting for the preceptor to grade and give me some pointers. And she, she has, she's given me uh, one, she's graded the first three and didn't really give me much for pointers, but it, it was all, you know, I, I got a hundred percent on all my iHumans. So I have no problem with what I got. So I just released the next three today <laughs> and then either Monday or Tuesday next week, I'll just release the last three just to, to finish it all off. But, you know, iHuman I is a, an interesting animal because I think we've talked about it plenty of times before where sometimes you have to go very broad on your diagnoses and, and you have to be kind of forgiving on their what they would consider the right test to run. And then you just kind of have to try to learn as much as you can from what you get, you're given and kind of shrug off some of the frustrations. Like I think one of my frustrations was a patient that was pretty clearly like a teenager with kind of benign symptoms of some kind, but like breathing issues, had like night sweats and weight loss and a whole bunch of like pretty somewhat nondescript symptoms. And so when we, when we did the physical exams and, and my mind went to, okay, this is probably like a cancer of some kind, like a T-cell lymphoblastic lymphoma or leukemia whatever and so i typed that in and it was a diagnosis option in iHuman so it's like great this is you know the t cell you know cancers are you know teens <laughs> t cells you know like you know the acronym when you do step 1 so you do the i did that and then when i submitted it it was like no you should have you should have picked like lymphoma <laughs> and so you you do the differential for the lymphoma and then when you go tells you to go pick a diagnosis that you think is the right diagnosis you pick lymphoma and then the explanation it was like t, t lymphoblastic lymphoma i'm just like you guys have got to be kidding me <laughs> <laughs> it, it is just what it is you know like it's just how it's how they do it otherwise i think what we have going on is our i think giving festivities since thanksgiving is next week Yay! Yeah, so I'm trying to get the house organized, which has not been going well. And I was supposed to have gift gifts wrapped by now, but I don't. They're all sitting here in our closet. By closet, she means everywhere in the bedroom. No. Well, I see that that tool set right there. It's not for me, oh, fine. obviously. That's fine. Fine. There are two <laughs> gifts out on the counter, but all the other ones are in the closet. Okay. <laughs> So I should be wrapping gifts. They need to be wrapped by the time my in-laws leave after next, after the Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because I'm hoping that I can send home 
gifts with them so I don't have to pack them with everything else that we pack come Christmas time. It's going to be a pretty, pretty busy week. Pretty busy week with the Thanksgiving festivities. I think, like, like you said, my, my parents are coming in mm, on Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day. evening, but we're yeah. not going to celebrate. We're, th- we're celebrating Nora's birthday on Friday and Thanksgiving on Saturday. Oh, and okay. then you're waking up really early to pick up a student on Sunday. Sunday. And then we, we, you've forgotten the turkey bowl. I haven't forgotten. I don't have a babysitter, so it doesn't pertain to me. Uh. <laughs> um, Eric is going to be playing in a, a soccer round robin tournament type thing with the school. Yeah, so the, one of the students thought it would be a great idea to try to get a whole bunch of people signed up and then just split up in teams of sixes and then do double elimination tournament. And uh, so 10 o'clock Thanksgiving, that's what we're going to be doing. And it sounds like a lot of fun, because like, honestly, we're a lot of us are not from Georgia, and some people are able to travel to visit their family, and some people have already traveled to visit their family, hence <laughs> the person I'm going to be picking up from the airport. But like most of us, you know, we're not from here, so maybe this is like the first Thanksgiving you've had by yourself, or one of many Thanksgivings you've had away from your family. And so it's kind of nice that the school is trying to do an activity that brings people together. I know it's a sporting activity and that doesn't appeal to everybody, but I have heard that there might, I had heard rumors that there might be like a turkey event, uh, Thanksgiving event. You know, some houses might, people might be having Thanksgiving days and so students can drop by and and see it and, and eat, eat food and enjoy themselves. So it's nice to have like kind of a, a, a family away from family kind of situation going on. Yeah. So I'm just excited because Turkey Bowl sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like we play some good good rounds of soccer. And it's good to have tournaments because when we play sports on Friday, I'm not complaining. Sports on Friday is always great. It's a lot of fun. But it's essentially we pick a team, we play, and we score goals. And every now and then if we feel like it's un, uneven, we'll mix up the teams a little bit. But we'll play until it gets, we get dark or we get tired and then we leave. So it's not a it's competitive, but it's not like... You know, you have 10 minutes to score, and then if you win, you move on to the next round. So sometimes when you get a competition, it gets a, a little bit more interesting, a little bit more fun. Are you guys inviting the PECOM students? Probably should, if we want a decent turnout. There's not a whole lot of them in the area, but we should probably invite them. I know the guy who has come the uh, past few uh, Fridays. At, I don't know if he's going to come or not, but he's on that group chat. Oh, cool. So... How many are signed up so far? Uh, I looked at it this morning. It was like 10. So we haven't oh. gotten a lot of signups yet. But we'll see. Well, you can at least have one game of fives. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But I think half the team is like Seth's family. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's essentially my my plans for the next week and a half. I'm going to toss it over to Karen here. To... No, well, my plans are cleaning house and organizing and making sure that I've got all the food for Thanksgiving. And I will be making a rainbow unicorn cake because that is what our daughter wants. Oh, boy. So at least six layers. I know. Yeah, at least six. <laughs> so it'll be fun. It'll be fun. 
Um, I, I did try helping Karen with this endeavor because our daughter is like, what, four years old? Six, five years old now. Five years old now. Her birthday was... But it's what she wants. And But she's she's five years old. She doesn't really... I don't think she has like ever like drawn a picture of the cake and was like, this is exactly what I want. I want one layer purple. I want one layer blue. I want one layer red. Like She hasn't done that. So you could feasibly just bake a cake. And then do the icing in rainbow colors. I even offer like the confetti like cake mixes. It has all the multiple colors in the cake I have mix. a hard time letting go of she wanted a rainbow unicorn cake. Well, again, you could have a rainbow on the outside of the cake. <laughs> and then you can put a unicorn on the top of the cake. Okay. Well, I decorated cakes for like five-ish years and it's fun for me. So okay. let me have it. Okay. I was going to ask you, like, you get as many five-year-olds I'm just saying, I think she'd be just like, excited to have any cake that had a rainbow and a unicorn on it. Well, you do realize that if we have cake on Friday and there is pie on Saturday. There will be pie on Saturday. There is pie on Saturday. But the kids are going to want the cake and we can have all the pie. It seems like a good trade-off. I, I do like your cakes, though. I like I like most of your cooking. I just don't ever get to eat it. I don't know what you're talking about. You're eating good tonight. Uh, no, like dinner. Yes, I'll, I'll, <laughs> when you make dinner, you like. I make dinner sometimes. You make dinner sometimes, and that's fine. We, we obviously have to eat dinner. Yes. But like your desserts, like there are days when I come home and you're like, "Oh, we baked cookies today," and I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." I I don't see cookies anywhere. Like there are no cookies in the house. The kids have eaten them. <laughs> Or they'd be like, oh, I, I made, I don't know, banana bread. And it's like, well, there's no banana bread. I'm not complaining. This doesn't, this doesn't, doesn't He's a little disgruntled. My... I guess I need to start stashing slices no, away see, from I, him I in the I fridge. I don't know why I'm complaining because I'm trying to lose weight and I'm making decent progress and having sweets around doesn't help that. And so the kids eating it all is relatively helpful. I shouldn't complain. I'm just saying, you make good food. You bake good food. Every now and then it's nice to have a little bit. And so even if, like, I get more pie, which is a good trade-off, it also means I get less cake. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. (laughs) You can't have both. Unless you want a slice of cake and a slice of pie, which you can do because it is our Thanksgiving. Yes, we can do whatever we want. (laughs) Like, in our Thanksgiving, we don't have turkeys. I've never made a turkey. I probably could do it. But I've never made a turkey, and I don't particularly like turkey, so we're having ham. How would you feel about a deep-fried turkey? You'd have to do it in the front yard because the kids can't go out there. I'm just saying, we're in the and south now. And we don't now. have any of I've, the stuff for it. I know. I, eventually, not this Thanksgiving, but we end up staying in the south for another Thanksgiving. You can suggest it to your parents. They're talking about turkey for Christmas. Okay. And then they can get all the stuff for it and do it. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I've seen the videos of the explosions. And things yeah, that you if shouldn't If you want to be do. a surgeon, you want to keep your hands. Well, but the, all these videos, the people were pretty smart. They had like the turkey on a fishing line. <laughs> Seems like a pretty solid idea. Uh, Just make sure it's totally defrosted before you stick it in there. Right. Um, and then don't overfill the oil. <laughs> but yeah, our Thanksgiving consists of ham, not turkey. And I think I might have either shot Karen. I don't know. We've been married for like seven, eight years now. I don't understand. Like, 
she like had sweet potatoes on the list of things that she wanted for Thanksgiving dinner. And I was like, yeah, we can do about that. I don't really like sweet potatoes. And she was like, what? Because, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of sweet potatoes. And I'm definitely not a fan of them covered I, with marshmallows. But I thought you ate them when you came to our house for Thanksgiving. I eat things to be polite all the time. But you're filling your own plate. You don't have to put it on there. Why would you do that? No, sometimes your family says, oh, have some of this. It's great. And then like they watch you. And so if you're like, I'm not going to put that on my plate. They know that you think that their cooking's bad or something, and they're going to be offended, and you want them to like you. <laughs> well, at that point... No, at the point when they stopped... At that point, <laughs> we were making yams, and it was Mike that was making yams. Yeah. Yeah, not, not as... He took over. My mom would make sweet potatoes. We stopped having sweet potatoes after Mike came into the family. Oh, okay. But even still, yams, sweet potatoes, <laughs> basically the same thing. They're like a tuber. Fair and enough. when you cover them marshmallows, no good. Marshmallows and brown sugar. Brown sugar on potatoes? Sweet potatoes. Oh my gosh. It's like a dessert. It's so, great. So gross. Like you you make good it, no, you make it's, good it's no different than pumpkin pie. That's a vegetable. They are totally no, different. It's not. Totally no, different. It's not. And even like when it cooks, the like Do you ever have like a pumpkin spice latte? No, I don't drink pumpkin spice white lattes, but... Do you make pumpkin cookies? I make pumpkin chocolate chip bread. That's close. But do you make <laughs> potato cookies? You make potato bread. I said cookies, not bread. But this isn't a potato. It's a sweet potato. <laughs> He's not going to win this one. <laughs> You're I know, not going to change my mind. It's it like is this, like a dessert. It's like a sweet, savory sort of thing, and that's dumb. It's not dumb. It is. It's, it's not. You can you make it like all you want. Yams. Just don't you make. You didn't like the yams because there was pineapple in them. Was it? Was that the only thing that I did like about it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I don't like pineapple, but those you got other... your way. We're not making sweet potatoes, but you it's definitely make... not a Thanksgiving meal. I want the record to be clear. <laughs> you can make sweet potatoes as much as you want. Just don't expect me to eat them. Well, that's the problem. You eat all the leftovers. <laughs> so Give it to my parents. <laughs> that's that's why they're coming. They can, they can take stuff home with them. No, they can't. It's a 12-hour drive. <laughs> they're cooler, some dry ice. They're good to go. <laughs> Either case, Thanksgiving should be fun. I'm, I am looking forward to having... The kids will have experience a puppy for three days. That oh should be fun. Be a, what's going to be fun is the, the week after. I want a puppy. Oh, you don't have to deal with it. Why are you complaining? No, you don't. My husband had the brilliant idea to ask the kids what they would rather have, a cat or a dog. And then for like the next month, mommy, where's my dog? Or when Eric would get home from (laughs) school, did you bring the dog? (laughs) And then she died out. Why did you do this? Why did you do this to me? Disappointment finally set in and they realized that we were going to buy them a dog. (laughs) At least not not for a few years. But you shouldn't have done that to me. <laughs> well, I was trying to ascertain if our kids were dog people or cat people. It doesn't matter. It matters what kind of people we are because we are going to be <laughs> the ones taking care of it. <laughs> we found out that Oliver is very much a dog person and Nora could care less. She could go either way. Yeah. But, I mean, like, Oliver, we drive past that vet every Sunday to go to church. And he, like, points it out and then talks about how we should turn around and go to the doggy. So. He is he is an animal lover. When we went to the oh. farm for 
getting pumpkins. Getting pumpkins. Which we didn't get pumpkins. Like, but. he was feeding the chickens, he was feeding the turkeys, and he was petting the goats and kissing them. Like, he was very gentle, which is not our son. <laughs> he's usually very hyperactive. He's, he's very loving in a very expressive and expressive way. <laughs> gentle is not necessarily in his vocabulary, but with animals, he's very gentle. He's got a good heart, though. Except for when he's, like, trapping a frog. He has not killed one yet. Oh, okay. I mean, you have to be fairly gentle with them to not kill them. I guess. Either case, it should be fun for the kids. It should be fun for us. It would be nice to have a few days off of school, especially since this is just after a shelf exam, so it would be kind of nice to take a deep breath and then get ready for the next rotation. So, yeah, just really looking forward to... That and then of course then we have we're on the way to Christmas and so Christmas tree or no Christmas tree? Fake, I want I fake want tree a, or real tree? I I really I really have a visceral reaction to getting a fake tree like that should never be a thing. But <laughs> some strong <laughs> some strong feelings. Uh, well, how I feel about sweet potatoes apparently is how you feel about fake trees. <laughs> but if we're not here for Christmas, then we can't get a tree. I mean, like, what's your price threshold? We haven't bought a tree in the South before, and looking around, they don't exactly true. have a lot of uh, evergreen trees hanging out. That's why you just buy a planted one that's in a pot, and then you bring yeah. it inside. How many planted things in a pot that we have owned have survived? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Thank God kids are a lot more resilient than plants. <laughs> I feed and water the kids, <laughs> not the plants. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, we might end up with a fake tree. It just, it, it kills me a little bit inside. But I think the kids would like to see but would you Christmas get One with frothing or no frothing? You mean flocking? Is it flocking? Okay. <laughs> Froth is what you do to milk. <laughs> hey, when we did tree pickups as Boy Scouts... That's what it basically looked, felt like, because it was wet. Oh. Uh, no, I don't like the fake snow. Oh, okay. Interesting. Are we going to hike up into the mountains of middle Georgia and hunt our tree down? What mountains? <laughs> what hills? <laughs> that was our old family tradition, to, to go up in the mountains, uh, the Cascades in western Washington, and go find a tree. And it was only $5, plus the, the gas it took to get there, and... The food and <laughs> the arguments it was that a would fun trip inevitably ensue. When we had our own car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was nice actually having your, your own car. <laughs> Not being, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's nice to have an escape from family on long trips, right? Hey, we love our family. We do. But, but it's just sometimes you've had enough of them. Everybody has their own opinions. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, this next week should be interesting, getting ready for everything and having Thanksgiving. I'm not sure if that's going to push back our next... We'll see. We'll see. The holidays are going to be interesting, so we're, we'll try to be consistent with our recording. And I'm excited to possibly have a new microphone coming in the mail here soon, so... Uh, and then I'm trying to work on an idea to get some other students in here. I have a few ideas kind of in the mix I'm trying to work on. So hopefully we can get one of those to work out. Um, yeah, so Karen, why don't you just quickly tell us, I guess, how to, how to follow us and find uh, follow us. Follow us on MedFamilyMD on Instagram. And 
all the yeah. podcast main podcast uh, sites, you know, Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. You can find our podcast. Of course, we would just ask that if you can just go ahead and give us a rating or comment. Uh, comment on either Instagram or our podcast. Happy to look over any questions and comments you have. And uh, you have a good rest of your week. Bye.